live. Hi guys, welcome to an episode of the Nigerian Sports Friend Podcast. I'm your host David and quite excited, um, mixed feelings, I mean excited and a bit jealous. I mean, the excitement is because African teams are doing, have done well in this second round of games um, at the World Cup so far. And um, the jealousy is, is, is not really, it's not like it's jealousy real where you want the complete downfall. It's that kind of football banter like um, jealousy where you're like, ah, Ghana, is, Ghana did well. You know, and, and they played quite well, and then you know that's where that kind of jealousy is coming from. It's not like it's real, but I'm more happy. I'm just happy to see that African teams have actually stepped up because as somebody who heavily criticised you know the performance in the first round of matches, you know it's good to see that this time we've, we've actually stepped up. So I will be. This episode is going to be very Afrocentric, so I will be talking. There's some controversies that um, arose during the week. Or rather, um, even recent, or also recently, um, from Andrew Nana getting dropped from the Cameroon squad. They even issued a statement when the game was over. After their game against against um, the Serbs, and then um, Brilen Bolo, if you remember very well, last week during the game between Switzerland and Cameroon, Brilen Bolo, born in Cameroon, scored the winning goal for for the Swiss. Um, well, he, according to him, I think there were some comments. I think the mom came out now. There's some quotes from the mother where she was, you know, talking and saying he should be left, she leave him alone, you know, basically um, calling out the federation for him wanting for, for from three dollars for the players to play. But it's just a whole long. Time. I'm not going to get into the quote, but the bottom line is some Cameroonians are not happy that he scored against which, against them, which is very understandable. It's, it's football. The emotions will run wild, right? I mean, the game is in Belgium. Uh, and then Morocco. Anyways, I'm thinking I'm going. I spent too much time on the intro. Let me just get into this episode. There's a lot to talk about. Let's just get into this episode. Okay, so I don't like starting, starting an episode on, on a bad note, on a sad note rather, or with bad news. But I think it's just a realistic situation you just have to just address you can't just really ignore it like a bad smell because um once you ignore a bad smell it's still going to be there so uh, this is my thing right i think this is the first tournament I'm, i've i've seen i mean the tournament has just been two two games so far so i can't really i can't really rule that out yet you know <laughs> but this is the first time i'm seeing that an african team isn't complaining about bonuses payments of players and all that now i'm not saying they will but uh so far, I'm not saying it, it, it won't happen, but I'm saying so far, I mean, we, usually, we normally hear this maybe a week to traveling after the first game. So, it's the second game already and we're not hearing any such thing. So, it's kind of a, kind of an improvement, you know. <laughs> so, um, the Onana situation, right? So, if you watch the last game, I was quite impressed. Like, for me, um, I, I enjoyed... The way Onana actually played in that game. Now it's very risky as well. He was stepping up and even going as far as leaving his position and being in sometimes even near the center circle at different occasions in the game between Cameroon and Switzerland. Yeah, he was actually picking out passes. And um according to according to the reports, you know, Rigobert Song wants him to play more like a traditional goalkeeper. And then um, he's like, no, he's not changing his style, which sort of um, both of them disagreed and he was kicked out of the Basically kicked, really kicked out of the. I mean, omission is kind of a soft way to, to put it, but I think he was kicked out because I mean, like, listen, you're not gonna do it, you have to leave, so he left. 
and this is probably going to be bad for him in, for his international caps international i don't know this probably i'm not saying it's going to be his last time ever but it's going to be hard for him to get back on the good books especially when you look at the kind of persons that, that in the managerial positions and so many persons of eto so many persons of Rigobert song look at their personalities i think it's going to be very difficult for him to actually return but it depends on what he he wants as a as a person but well, back to my point so he refused I think this is quite a very dicey situation because I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be I'm going to try to be consistent here, right? I think the manager is the, man, the manager's decision. You know, it's a team sport, and you have to. Um, it's your it's two things here. It's your country. It's the manager. It's your manager. So you have to sort of make sacrifices for your country, right? If if your manager says play this way, and you are like, I, I'm not used to. The, I'm, obviously, listen. If the manager says, okay, reduce this thing. Do not do this. Just do this. Fine, you just ignore and do it. Now, if you're used to, if whatever you're used to your club football, well, that's a different scenario entirely. But at international level, you're playing for your country at the World Cup. You are at the World Cup. This is what many footballers will never, ever, ever, ever experience in their life, right? So, it's experience. You just, just do it. You know. Besides, maybe they don't want you to step up on the pitch, and which is fine. Maybe that's what he doesn't want. Doesn't want him to step up and want him to stay more in the goalpost, which is fine. I'm, I'm not even gonna, I, I'm not even gonna come here and knock him very against that kind. Of, that sort of play is very cool when it works. If it doesn't work, what if maybe he misses a pass by mistake? Misses a pass, and then there's a turnover, and then he's if turnover is the right word to use here, but that's the first word that came to my mind here, right? And and you know there's a counter, and he can't get to his goal in time, and you know it's a goal, so it's that risky and i can understand why if it works it's very cool if it doesn't work so fine so we've seen this style of play with um goalkeepers like ederson and allison right we've seen a lot of teams trying to adopt this where they want their keepers to step up and be part of the play because you want numerical advantage in the field of play right i think with some but you want numerical advantage that's why you know just just tell of goalkeeping where they come in and become like the extra man in defense where the defense split up and then the attack they can press and then you you have the defenders can um occupy um certain positions right certain personnel and then you maybe one man is free up front whoever you want to be free up front is going to be there and that person is probably is the one that will you know free up give up like the extra man like an extra man advantage that works but if the national team say they don't want to play that way i mean you don't really you're not the manager i mean if you want to manage you just have to you just go back and apply and become a manager and play how you want to play <laughs> that's my take now um when 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 that didn't happen i was I, I won't say i was critical i was just disappointed i was like you know what i don't know managers always i think you have to just stick with the national team manager in this one here and um yeah that's just it and then cameroon played their second choice goalkeeper in the game against um against the serbs i'm coming to that point it's not time to talk about the african games yet but that's my, my take on that particular one and the other one that happened from this from cameroon again um cameroonian cameroonians were quite upset um that brilliant bolo brilliant bolo is cameroonian born in cameroon um i don't i don't know if he i i, I don't i didn't really love digging to know if he actually holds the citizenship or anything but he's cameroonian by best born in cameroon i think yaoundé and then when he was young he moved with his family to france from france they finally settled in switzerland and that was a bit of his football career and you know race. so from what i read i think he he, he left uh, cameroon at a very young age so he was a, he was a toddler a child probably say less than 
less than six, less than ten. I don't know. I think five, if I'm not mistaken. I stand to be corrected though, but I think it was five. I haven't really confirmed this. I haven't really confirmed it, but I know he was young. He was quite young. My, my take on on things like this, right? Is I think where, where is it from? Where is it not from? Well, it's like this. Where you it's not people say where you're born is where you're from. Well, I do not really agree with that. I I think where you grew up is where you're from. Where you grew up, where you experience. That's where you're from. That's your home. You grew up in this place. This is where you know. This is where your um, your teeth are well sunken. Your fangs are well sunken, right? This is the environment you know. It's the only road you know. That is where you're from, in my opinion. That's where you're from, in my opinion. Because if you take you, if you say where, where I was born, well, if you're born somewhere, you moved somewhere else. They take you back to where you were born just because you were born there, and you're told, okay, do your thing. I mean, they throw you in there, okay, do your thing. It's gonna be hard. I'm, oh yeah, you can make the argument that uh, okay, um, um, where you're from, if you eventually, as long as they look like you and you go back there and you do your, you practice, it'll take you maybe 21 days or some days. You get the hang of it and then you blend in. That is fair, but I think if you spend X amount of years, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about like maybe a year. Or two. I'm talking about like when you're a child, you grow to like maybe from when you're like six, five, ten, from the age of zero to zero to five, right? You, you move to a place between that age range. And then you grew up from that age to like your 20s. I'm sorry, there's no um, your, your 20s or your early late teens. If you grew up to that age, live up to 10. I'll say even up to 10 years there. That's even too, too much of a stretch. We say 10 years, 8 years. Basically, a lot of your awareness was your awareness of of life, right? A lot of it had a lot to do in that with that place. That you grew up in then i'm sorry i think that's where you're from it's just just my take people may disagree but even with the way national naturalizations and citizenships have been awarded a lot of a lot of them do agree with what i've just said so i think that's how i think that's where you're from so with mbolo is this and for that reason this is also he trained as a footballer in switzerland he grew up there trained football in switzerland if they they trained him and they they um, they are responsible for his career, I think they have first refusal on the player. I really do. I think they do. They have first refusal on the player. If 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 a, a ra- what we racist people who are racist who are xenophobic, right? What do they say? Go back to where you're coming from. Go back to your country, right? I mean, are you, is it not the same logic that is being applied here? Think about it. You know, a lot of you are saying come back, come back. But if he feels Swiss, if he feels as Swiss as as the next person, if you feel as Swiss as Freuler, Jaka, um, Seferovic, if you feel as Swiss as those guys, and mind you, these people I mentioned also have roots elsewhere, right? Jaka, Albanian, Seferovic, um, I think he's from, I can't remember, I think he's from one of the Balkans, one of all those Balkan states, right? If I'm not mistaken. But my point is this even Ricardo Rodriguez, right? I think Spanish, Spanish mother or, or Spanish father, I can't remember which one of the two of them. Basically, these people feel Swiss, right? So why why do you guys have to, to do this on the guy? So the attack is basically the attack is, is they attacked him, which they got upset, attacked him. Then the mother had to come out and speak out and say, Leave my son alone, you know, um complain about it. she complained about um, the national team and all that. And this opens up um a conversation that a lot of people don't want to have, you know, in as much as you you can be critical, in as much as you want patriotism and all that I mean, the average person who is from Africa, the African country could be happy presenting, but the administration in charge 
could be a stumbling block you know when it's run by people certain personalities who you you just do not understand who just don't have the best interest of the, of the nation's footballing um, profile at heart they just don't have the best interest they are the ones who tend to to uh, make weird decisions that just do not bode well for the for the country as for the for the people as a country right and that's that's where each for example read stories i read the one of david alaba right representing the swiss right i think he came on this i read this that he came for tried to represent under 17 world cup um potentially some things beyond his control which obviously had a lot more to do with the administrative guys didn't didn't work out went back to the austrians and you know just had a career there and just grew which is right now similar with i read about mbappe now i think some people are not confirming this i don't know but what i read about mbappe right about um some some officials wanting some compensation in exchange for him to present them right and it was like hell no this is i don't know if this is true but i, I think somebody was saying it wasn't true i don't know but even if it's if it's true if it's not if it's true i if it's if it's true because of the precedent the antecedents or whatever because of the history of african football officials you know having to get you know their hands dirty in um, very weird activities I won't put this past them as I would it's not be hard for it's not gonna be unbelievable for the African African going to believe it, right? So think about it. And then we're having rumors of uh, people being pay, pay, playing to pay to play, you know, in certain national teams in Africa. I mean think about it. It's it's not really something that you just will go and say, um it's not something that will be unbelievable when you see it happen. It's not something that you say it's unbelievable, it's something that's very, very possible especially as an African who's and we've always seen officials meddling into um football into football right maybe for personal reasons or whatever i remember very well i think the, i remember I was watching one of, i was watching finidi george's interview right i think he spoke about one official not preventing preventing him from going to the 2002 world cup finidi george was you know, our player right our, one of our basically at one point best right winger in the world and you know you had he had he didn't go to 2002 world cup if i'm not remember correctly it had a lot more to do with an official who had you know and that's that's the what you, so when you see these administrative problems in african countries in african football um, associations and federations you know it's not really difficult to it's not really difficult to ignore it's not really, it's, it's, it's difficult rather to ignore um um to ignore these things that's why i i, I just do not get upset at footballers who have dual nationalities and refuse to represent um the african country that they have that they are they are also from or their parents are from because if you think about it what's the incentive for you to continue i'm watching um wilfred zaha's um interview on it oh, it was on the pod and he was talking up complaining about some of the issues that's um the african f- um federations the issues african federations right was complaining about it so it's imagine the others who do not complain there are plenty who complain plenty who do not who end up not complaining so if you if you look at all these factors you know what exactly is the incentive to attract these players to come represent and that's that's the issue so, so i don't think why should be mad at them bolo he did his he's, in, he's, in, he's swiss he's swiss he's as swiss as everybody else in the national team as summer the goalkeeper as um even akanji i mean you can't be mad at akanji he's swiss also right even if he has nigerian descent he's swiss he's half he's i think his parents one of his parents is white i think his mom if i'm not mistaken right so like it or not these people are swiss enough of enough of all these things but you can't you can't rule you can't the average i think i don't think the average um, Cameroonian is at fault 
for wanting a player who's putting the son of the soil to represent them it's just sometimes i feel some people just ignore the other administrative factors that come with it. and also again he's swiss most of the funny thing is this right most of one of those people who actually could blame him if they were in the shoes they would do the exact same thing i don't even understand why they haven't angry at himself no in fact i think i would change my statement i don't i don't think anybody should i i, I think i blame anybody for getting angry at him because if they were in the shoes they probably do the same thing so it's it's very unfair to expect the guy to not represent the swiss national team but that's my my take on that in general though I know it's not going to change anything, people are going to be upset, even from now to tomorrow, but it's normal. And yeah, so um, back to the World Cup, um, some actual football. Um, I've been in, I think the first round, I heavily criticized the African t- teams in the first round. Um, we had the two draws, Morocco having a draw, a goalless draw, and um, I think Morocco had a goalless draw. Then, um, Morocco had a goalless draw with um, Croatia and then um, Belgium beat Canada in the first the first round. Now, Morocco and Tunisia were the two teams that they didn't lose. Tunisia drawing goal, it was a goalless draw with Denmark and then Morocco having a goalless draw with um, Croatia. Now, this with, uh, the African teams got only two points, right? So, one more point, right? So, there were two teams that were defeated. The rest all lost. Cameroon lost their game. Senegal lost their game. Ghana lost their games in the first the first um, first round match. That is, I I was quite very very critical in the first first leg of matches because the amount of the defeats were very um were very, the amount of the defeats were very annoying. I mean, if you look at how um, Ghana's the first one where they took off Kudus and Ayu, right, who were actually very very um influential in, in the game where they were getting the foothold in the game they were very influential they were already giving te- portugal a tough time and then took them off and you know sort of killed the momentum a bit and that that, that was quite upset with that then senegal's one i didn't really i wasn't really much upset with them because i was like they are without money so not really nothing much to really expect and then um the cameroonians against the swiss i was very i was very livid because i felt they should have done more especially when you look at how um, strategically, if you look at how what they needed to do to get points on the board, I personally I was very angry with them because I felt they should have done better um, with what they had. You know, if you look at the group they are in, I mean, games like that you have to be strategic. Like so, in a game like a game against the Swiss, get your win. That's the game you. Know, that's going to be the fair, relatively the easiest game in the group, relatively in terms of personnel and squad you're going to be up against. So you have to try and get three points in that game, and they did it, and which was very. So I was, I was quite, I was very critical, and also in the midfield and how they played, and how they couldn't keep hold of the ball. But this second round, and I, it made me write off a lot of them. I was like, nah, they're gonna lose like three matches for sure. But I'm happy to be proven wrong. Um, the second round of matches, they all stepped up. I mean, there was just one loss. They with Ba 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 um, Tunisia who lost to Australia one 0 the rest, Morocco beating Belgium 2-0. Now that is a huge scalp. I think it even led to a riot in Brussels between the Brussels. There's a, there's, a, there's a strong Moroccan community in in Belgium. There's a Moroccan community also in um, in um, Netherlands. So you know those two places. But in Belgium, Nasser Chadli is a full. I remember Nasser Chadli was Moroccan. So I think there's another Moroccan Belgian footballer also. If, if I remember his name right now. But there's a Moroccan community in Belgium, so it's not a surprise that, you know, um, obviously it's quite unfortunate that that thing happened, but I'm saying it's not a surprise that 
maybe just recap so there's a clash in brussels which was quite funny i mean you would think that this book would take a loss like on the chain like 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 adults but it's just like they couldn't they're so sensitive and then just went out and started burning stuff like wow that's that's embarrassing and really annoying so they lost 2-0 morocco and you know morocco drew their first day on four points so means there's a chance so um it means there's a chance for morocco to actually progress right and i also as somebody who in the first leg i was very i was quite jealous of the asian teams right? because if you look at how all of them did well japan south korea um saudi arabia you know this this four were these three teams were, were playing we did really well in that in that first round of matches they did really well and and I, I was very impressed you know with them and i was like why african teams not you know doing their power they're not stepping up but you know, in this second round they did well and then cameroon cameroon joined 3 with serbia the, the cameroon one it sort of made the 3 draw with serbia right it makes me even ang- angrier right about the first result with the swiss because now it makes a lot of sense why you guys should have just tried to beat the swiss especially when the game was there for the taking because now you've got a point against um Serbia, against Serbia, right? If you have if you're building the Swiss, if you're taking those chances you were getting and maybe one one nil or two nil or two one, you would have had four points by now. Now you'll be sitting pretty in second. Going to your last game against Brazil, which is probably the most difficult game in the group. Going to your last game against Brazil, you have a chance to actually you know, even if you lose no problem, but as long as you've done enough, you've the other two teams can can uh, also if you look at it brazil beat, beat switzerland so switzerland will probably be on zero points the serbs will be on one point by now and maybe the the, the your goal difference will be coming to home and oh you probably going to go against brazil and say listen we're going to play for a draw we're going to play for a draw i'm going to fight it out and you know you would have but now it's they have all to play for so they have to beat brazil on the last day they have to beat brazil to go to i think they've been in brazil before it's not impossible but the Brazil I'm seeing right now, I'm sorry man, it's gonna be very hard. It's gonna be a very tall order to expect that. That's why I'm livid. That I'm, I'm 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 still not I'm still not letting them off the hook. I mean they did well to get the point to, to to for today's game because they scored first. Um, Serbia equalized and went three one up, and they came back, and then they won. They equalized and went three three. Vincent Bubaka scored and assisted. He came off the bench, which was very surprising that. He didn't start because I think he, apart even though, even though for the fact that Mane won the final against um, against Egypt, I would say the player of the tournament would have probably been Sam Bubaka in in gen, earlier in the year January or February that February um, during the Afcon when the Afcon was over I think he should bring Bubaka if if um, Cameroon if he won if he didn't get if Mane didn't win it if Mane didn't win that final he probably been Bubaka. If Senegal didn't have anybody else who was signed up in that final, so that's that's why it's it just it does annoy me, it does piss me off that you know when I knew that Cameroon probably should have should have done better in that in that in that first game. Now while well, Bubaka was not as involved as he was because he assisted people for more things, and the chip was very interesting. Um, I don't people say it's quite impressive, but it was impressive to me. Maybe I'm not like I'm saying like a hater or anything, but. I've seen better and obviously it's a goal and I'm cool, I'm happy with it. But I'm not gonna scrutinize the goal. I think you put the ball in the back of the net, it's a goal. I don't care whether you whether you throw your body at it and you drop it to the net with the goal. As long as you score legally, it's a goal and it's a good result for Cameroon. I think this is the first time Cameroon is scoring in the World Cup since I can't remember the last time. And also this is probably their first point. Is it their first point? Or was it 
But every time, for the last few years, I've been watching Cameroon at the World Cup from 2010. From 2010, I think they've, they've been conceding, they've been losing, they've, they've not been able to leave the group stage. So basically, they shut out themselves of the 90s. So it was quite good for to see this version of them and then to score three goals. I mean, it's cool. But I'm like, where were these scoring boots? Where, where were your scoring boots against the Swiss? Where was it? You know? Yeah, it's just one of those things where so now Cameroon, if Cameroon do not qualify, we're gonna be looking back at that first game against Sudan and say, what should we have done better? Well, should have won that game for a start. This is my thing about tournaments. I've always said this, like, I've said in my last episode, like tournaments, it's more strategy. It's not really like you'll be, obviously it's not the best overall that play and doing. I mean, if you look at the way France won the last World Cup. I won't say France were, yeah, like a total footballing side like the Dutch in the 1970s or. Where they completely dominated you or anything, no, but their system works. They, they found a way. I mean, they, were, they, were, they, were, they found a way and then they won, right? Now, if you compare that to maybe other teams who have probably won the World Cup, I would say maybe France were not as the way the Germans were like in 2014 or the way the Spanish were in 2010. But France had enough to do what they do, and their talent was able enough for them to to win the game, to win the World Cup, right? So if you for me, I've always like for me. I think tournament is all about strategy. If, you, if you're not the best football inside, just be strategic about how you go about your games. Be strategic. You have to plan. Only when you know you're likely another dog in the group. <laughs> it it frustrates me like this. That's why I'm talking about over and over again. And that's just it. But yeah, it's gonna be a tall order to expect them to beat Brazil. I'm not just impossible. It's football. I've seen impossible things happen in this tournament alone. I mean, Saudi Arabia beating Argentina is easily the the, the biggest upset in this World Cup. No matter how you want to. It's not even it's not even up there with Japan beating beating the Swiss beating um, Germans because Japan is quite a footballing nation that has some form of respect on the world stage. But Saudi Arabia do not. I mean, I think they I think they lost eight nil some years ago in, in the World Cup. Like World Cup history, they're not really a team that you say, okay, yeah, these guys have always been a powerhouse where they they are threats to 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 bigger teams. So that's why for me, I, I don't really think I would. I would put that one as because I think the biggest is Saudi Arabia versus um, Argentina. Now, can Cameroon do it against Brazil? We'll see. And speaking of last games, um, Morocco, I think they're on four points now. So, their final game, they'll be looking to win against. Um, they'll be looking to, 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 um, to win against Canada. And Canada, they've been knocked out already. They've lost their first two games. Listen, it's not written in the stars already. I know Canada, they're gone, but they'll probably be playing for their dignity. I mean, they're coming to the World Cup. Their first World Cup since 1986. They're not going to want to go back empty. They want to get some points on the board. And a team who has nothing to lose is more dangerous than somebody. A team who has something to lose, they'll do anything. They won't really care how it goes. They just play more freer with less pressure on their minds. And that's what Morocco here. Morocco have a to play for on last day, so they have to win. If Morocco wins, we're looking at an African team getting seven points and potentially topping the group. This is cool because if you if you look at I, I pray that Belgium to top the group. Belgium they're on they're on three points, lost this game right, so they have to win their last game and then hope that um, these guys lose to and Belgium have to beat Croatia, which is not an easy feat. So Croatia currently four points, four points. So Croatia win their last game, Morocco win their last seven seven points. I mean. I just, I just clocked to like, we could have an African team that might end up topping the group. I mean, goal difference could be a factor here. So, I think depending on how the margin Morocco will win, beat um, Canada by, be I mean, listen, Belgium, 
Belgium are not really as strong as I expect them to be. I mean, I mean, I get it. They have a strong squad on paper, but like I expect them to be much better than what I'm seeing. De Bruyne has been very poor so far, so it's surprising. Anyways, I said I'm going to talk about African teams, so let me leave Belgium and, and Co alone. So um, Morocco could could um, end up, you know, top in the group, which you know I, I would like that to happen. I will. I would. I think the African teams so far, in performance-wise, in the, in the World Cup. During the first round, they took a lot of criticism from me. But looking at the way they're doing the second round of matches, I'm happy with what I've seen. And then Senegal. Senegal started the um, kick, started the, the will I will I use the word turnaround? I think I use the word turnaround. Um, by beating Qatar at 3-1. I I mean the game against Qatar was was very crucial that they won that game. I was just disappointed that they considered one goal. They were going two goal up, one, and then they eventually um, scored the third to make it 3-1. Listen, you know, I think the game against Ecuador because Ecuador beat these guys, beat them, and I was hoping that the Dutch would beat Ecuador, but it ended up in a draw, ended in a draw 1 1. So now Senegal have to beat Ecuador on the final day. They have to beat Ecuador on the final day, and Ecuador are no, are no slugs, you know, they are good football inside again. KPS, Tupinian, um, Caicedo, I mean, and Valencia, obviously. You know, this uh, Valencia, I think, is, is one who scored against the Dutch, right. So the final is going to be very important. But Senegal winning, I think, was very good. I mean, that was Africa's first win at the World Cup, and then that kicked off the series of wins that eventually started ha- started seeing for the for that medal for this in this second round of matches. Yeah, and then um, lastly, it's Ghana, um, Ghana versus um, um, South Korea. Now, honestly, I didn't expect Ghana to win this game. I didn't, but I think it was me, maybe not. Um, it was me maybe being um, not being as um, it was me probably after giving up early, me not really looking at things as critically as I should have. Because um, if you look very very well in the game against between Portugal and Ghana, I mean South Korea and Uruguay for example, right? Maybe maybe the way that game was so tight and so tense, you know, I, I rated Uruguay very highly in this tournament. I really did. Maybe the teams, those two teams, because as this second round of matches have shown, maybe those two teams were just even, they just matched each other out and they were, they were just not as good as, you know, people actually did talk. Because the way that game went, it was so tight, I mean, the two teams looked evenly matched, I was like, okay, if Europe, I, I read Uruguay higher than everybody else, I was like, oh, if these guys can hold Uruguay down like this, it means that, you know, South Korea is a really good team. I was thinking Uruguay is a very good team, right, because, I mean, Gatti. Verde, um, Bentancourt, you know, there's that solid midfield, that solid midfield that they Uruguay have. So that's why I was like, I think it's gonna be South Korea winning this one. But you know, Ghana, Ghana to their credit, in the game against um, Portugal, remember what I said? I talk about Kudus. Mohamed Kudus was very good, and he did in this game also. It was it was fantastic. Man of the match easily, scored two goals um, for Ghana. First goal saw by Salisu. Kudu scored the second, um, Kudu scored the third, because at that point it was 2-2, Korea came back to make it 2-2, Tariq Lamptey was quite a fault. I mean, if you're Ghanaian, right, I wasn't, I mean, the way I watch Ghanaian games is, is like this, right? If Ghana wins, I am, I will adopt the Ghanaian identity, and yes, Ghana, if Ghana loses, I'll throw them, so whatever happens, I win, <laughs> whatever happens, I win, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's like that for me, so when when you're going to do like okay you'll be afraid but i was spraying my banter material and then kudus scores to make it 3-2 now kudus he plays for ajax and the first time i heard of kudus 
was it last or two seasons ago when Ajax beat um, was it team was it um, Nak Breda was it Nak Breda they beat them was it 12 nil and Kudus was in that game he scored goals in that game I was like who's this guy so I didn't know his position at the time but now he has matured a lot the way he played even in Champions League was very good he scored against scored at Anfield in Champions League the game against I think in the game against Rangers I think he scored in that game it was also a, so easy he's not somebody who's okay he's not a bad player he's a very good player now Ajax are going to shake another thing down for his services I mean look at how much Ajax have pulled in in terms of sales you're looking at Lissandro Martinez um, Anthony their most recent um, expensive um, out um, sale right the most recent one is, is um, Anthony if you look at the amount of money that Ajax have even I, I don't know how I can't remember how much grabbing back was able to to, to, to attract to their coffers but I don't know but basically I, I think um, they they have they have they have another player they were probably really great and it's probably that the World Cup's over generally it's going to be a very interesting market so, Originally, that Liverpool are interested in Kudus, which you know makes a lot of sense. If for him as a number eight, for and looking at who they own, they need to replace in in that position. But in Liverpool, but yeah, back to the game. So they won three two. Um, I think I already got but now Ghana has a chance. But this is football, football of fine margins, right? Imagine uh, Inyaki Williams didn't slip on the dying minutes of that game against Portugal. Diogo Costa when he dropped the ball and. Imagine Naki Williams didn't sleep and then they, um, this guy was able to roll the point in there to make it 3 3. Can I also be on 4 points with Portugal right now? Because Portugal won their game against Uruguay 2 0. Portugal will probably be on 4 points with Portugal and 4 points apiece. Going to the final day, I mean, Ghana would face um, Uruguay and then Portugal would face would be facing South Korea. So, you know, it's going to be all to play for both, for both for all the teams in the group. And now at this point, Europe probably need three points on the last day, and they have to win. South Korea, so it will set the group up for a tasty finish, you know. And with so with everybody having all to play for, <laughs> it's a very tasty. But it, unfortunately, that's not what happened. And you know, Ghana would have probably had that, that performance. Why? Kuda would have should have. It doesn't matter. I think Ghana will go into the last game against Uruguay seeking revenge for 2010. I, I mean, I. Again, my thoughts on that that particular game, it depends on how you see it, but I mean, if you have been logical, I mean, Suarez did the right thing, if you, are a, if you are a football fan and you look at it from young, if your player did that, you would like it, so there's no point dwelling on it, but a lot of people, there's a story for the media to build around, oh, time to get revenge and all that, well, I'm just thinking about this, imagine this quite a similar thing happens again, right, uh, maybe Ghana needs to win, or Ghana needs a draw to qualify, and started, and these guys were already in the lead, they were winning 2-1. And maybe a dime minute um, header, maybe Suarez does it again, where he punches it over the net, gets sent off, and Ghana misses a penalty, and they do not qualify, and Uruguay qualifies. Although goal difference is in Ghana's favor, so I mean, Ghana, all they need to do is not lose that game. Just draw the game and they'll qualify. They've got goal difference on their side. And I think prior to this game, so Ghana has quite a good record at the World Cup, especially in the second games. They have never lost the second game in the World Cup. They have quite a very good record. Since 2006, when they made their debut, they've only failed to go to the last round, to the round of 16, once. Obviously, they didn't go to the World Cup at all in 2018 and they qualified. But I'm saying, um, failing to... Whenever they've been at the World Cup, they've always progressed to the next round. Um, unfortunately, 2014 was the only one they didn't progress to the next round. 
where they they got they're in a quite a very tough group portugal ghana and the u.s portugal usa and germany so it was a very tough group that still a tough group i mean at the time it was a tough group so it makes a lot of sense why you know that that's that happened but that's that's not in the past <sighs> we're gonna have to get a draw in the last game it draws enough and then they qualify and then they continue their football heritage and then portugal in their last game they have to it draws enough but they want to top the group they have to win that last game because like if ghana wins beats beats uruguay ghana top the group it's i mean this is cool i mean the fact the african teams really have the chance to top the group um, Portugal, Morocco and Ghana have the chance to top the group. It's quite cool. It's cool. And then Ecuador, Ecuador and um, Ecuador and um, sorry, um, Senegal. They also have a chance to top the group because if the final day, uh, which is uh, it's not possible though. I mean, there's, let's be real. Qatar is not going to beat Netherlands. <laughs> They're not going to beat Netherlands. So that's that's in the past. But that's just my take on that one. But yeah, I'm, I think on the last round of matches, it's going to be very interesting. But I think I expect at least two African teams to be in the next round. I expect at least two. I expect at least two. I, I would have said at least three, but you know, I won't say that. But I say at least two. Whatever is more than two, no problem. But at least two teams should be in the round of 16. I'm not going to mention names. But I think, but let me just do it. I think Mor- I expect at least two. Morocco and um, Ghana, at least the two of them, to be in that next round. I expect at least then if the others on maybe senegal also depend on how they perform in the game against Ecuador. but in terms of what i would say is very very if because ghana i think ghana can draw they can get a draw against um uruguay they might draw i mean but because uruguay they haven't really looked as convincing as i expected them to be in the world cup and so it depends so i expect at least two african teams to be in that next round of 16. you know I, okay let me not measure i told say between ghana and senegal but if it was more likely to happen, I think the odds are more in Ghana's favor than Senegal's favor. I don't know. I think I don't think I would say that. I'll say at least let's just put it at least two because Senegal have a, have a chance. Yeah, as long as they find a way, even a draw, a draw against Ecuador is probably enough because goal difference wise, they have they have scored more than Europe, than Ecuador. Although they've considered they considered two against the Netherlands, so that means uh, it's um they considered how many goals two well they scored three so i don't know it, they have a better goal difference than senegal so they are gonna senegal just have to win that last game so the the odds are not really as much of in your favor as it is with Seni with um morocco and ghana so that's why i say at least two teams i expect and we'll see how it goes the odds instead of the world the odds are more stacked up you know in favor of as, as, i think you get what i'm trying to say that's basically my point too yeah so and then um, lastly before i go we want to talk about the, the goats of the sports um and there's a new um goat in town or potential goat in town um which is um, mbappe i mean mbappe has been fantastic in this tournament so far scored two goals already oh three already because he scored two the brace against um, the danes what is a brace scored a brace against the danes scored against um, um australia so 3-1 for the one the first game 4-1 then won this one 2-1 against um um against um ah jesus christ denmark and funny because denmark the prior to this this particular tournament denmark have been a torn in the flesh of the french in the nations league they knocked them out in the nations league i think even in the friendly wasn't the nations league in the friendly i think recently they've been a torn in their flesh 
and so it's very it was very interesting to see that i mean mbappe is so fast and good listen i think me i've always said this right i think messi ronaldo also i'll talk i'm coming to that point make it a point to messi and ronaldo I'll talk about them too messi and ronaldo they set the standard so high in the 2010s that to see two players going at it at that top level scoring goals and doing things it was very beautiful to see but because you know that there was talent and hard work you know that they were evenly matched in certain areas maybe better in some areas than some but wherever one was was deficient the other it was comp- it was very heavily compensated in the other parts of the game now if you look at mbappe and haaland mbappe is clearly the more naturally talented player clearly more all-round better Haaland is more of a finisher, you know, more of um, it's not. If you, I mean, Mbappe is a ton in anybody's flesh. He's fast. He makes decisions so quickly. I mean, more than, I've, a lot of times uh, we've seen footballers who have pace and they don't really have that good football brain. Mbappe has both of them, and that's what makes him more dangerous than Haaland. I mean, it does hurt that. I mean, if Mbappe was at Real Madrid probably by now, it'd probably been a different story if he actually went to Real Madrid. But he still has a chance to go. Because it's not like he signed a, a long-term contract at PSG where he's impossible to leave his contract. I think it expires in 2023, if I'm not mistaken, or 2024. I don't know, but what I know is he's young and he has time on his hands. So it depends on how if Real Madrid is probably still interested and still want to secure his services, you know, when if he becomes available. But I know we always have a sea of suitors waiting to to, to secure his services. But that's what we said. Now with Messi, Ronaldo, Messi scored a fantastic goal against Mexico. Mexico won. Messi won 2 new. That game was very important because to listen to Saudi Arabia, they had to score, they had to win. And then they had to win and Messi scored. It was a good goal from Messi. I think Ronaldo, Ronaldo he didn't score per se, but he, he looked like he scored and he celebrated it and then he checked that he didn't touch the ball. So it was a goal from Bruno Fernandes. Messi Ronaldo fan base. I mean, you if the might the the debates the, the, the standard of the debates are falling. I mean, ten years ago the debate was about who's scoring the most goals in Europe. Who has scored the most goals in La Liga? Who has scored the most goals? The most, you know, it was more of that. Now it's who is less worse than the other. <laughs> That's what people are arguing about. I mean, the both of them are, are old and they're aged. And listen, it's quite normal. Everybody ages, and uh, again, I always say, I always appreciate their efforts in the game. And in terms of making me, I just had to accept that these two guys are just so good that you just can't say one is better than the other. So I just said, nah, it's fine. I like both of them as footballers. They're very good and they've done well. In the game as as football players, but yeah, that's that's it. But I think if Mbappe Mbappe, Mbappe as a in the future Mbappe is just I think he scored more goals, he's matched or he scored more goals than Messi already at the World Cup. I mean, this guy is probably gonna slash how many records. I mean, he's young, he has a World Cup already under his belt. I mean, he could break that. Um, Thomas Mueller, sorry, not Thomas Mueller, um, to, to have closest um, record, he could break that record. He could end up becoming France other top scorer because even though Giroud is currently the one, he has got it touched and reached Thierry Henry's um, spot. Well, let's not rule that out that Mbappe actually has a chance. Because even if Giroud is going to retire before him, Mbappe is clearly in in the mood to really keep to be keep to keep playing. So there's a chance that Mbappe could end up being the top scorer of French of all time for French national But that's that's by the wayside. But yeah, that's um, the other episode. I really thank you all for listening. Um, final game, final round of the matches is going to be very interesting, especially for the African teams. And then hopefully, we'll get at least two African teams in the round of 16. And then we will see how we'll go from there. Thanks for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. I'll see you guys. I mean, the way, the way I share the episode is at the end of every round. So um, the reason why I'm recording, I'm recording after 
um, the second round of matches have happened because obviously so I can't leave so the next round of matches probably end probably on Friday evening and then I'll probably record on Friday evening and then or on Thursday evening or Friday I think on Thursday evening if I'm not mistaken so I probably end up so my shows will be Mondays and Fridays now and that's why but uh, yeah thanks for listening I just, I just I put that little updates in there so you understand but thanks for listening um, have a nice week and um, enjoy the next round of matches that will be happening tomorrow Tuesday morning and um, till then to your host David and um, have a nice week bye